All right, let's get into it. Cheers, brother. What you got? Oh, you you actually don't have tequila or a margarita today. I've been or drinking. Mojito. Wait, didn't I, last time I had the Valentine? Like I've been, I've switched, I switched mains, dude. I'm a Scotch main. This you is had a, the Valentine. Oh, you did have the Valentine last time. That's yeah, true. this is this is Glen Fittich. I got the Valentine this time. Twelve year though. Wait, let me see. Let me see. Let me see that twelve year Valentine. Oh, you want to? Is it good? Check out the color. It's I mean, nice. It's um. It, look, it looks good. It's tasty. I'm glad you like it. I mean, I don't know the difference between twelve year and seventeen year, but I haven't tasted the seventeen year, so. Oh, it was I'm not very, sure. very, it was very, very smooth and creamy and delicious. Yeah, I, I can taste the creaminess here, but yeah, I'm guessing the seventeen years even more smooth. Um, oh, oh but it has a nice taste though. There's no like af after nasty aftertaste or it, it kind of lingers the the little sweetness. All right. All right, you ready? Yeah. So, okay. What what do we, what do we want to talk about first? Actually, well, first I want to hear uh, about Scotty Pippen. All I know is he released a book and some people aren't happy about it, particularly Michael Jordan. Can you tell me more about that? Well, I wouldn't, I don't know if Michael, Michael Jordan hasn't said anything. He's been just, you know, radio silent on everything. Maybe, I, I think though that, I mean, I'll get into it, but I think that Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen's relationship is officially over. I don't think they're ever going to speak to each other after this. Uh, huh. I mean, Scotty, he's just kind of going on his <clears throat> his rampage, kind of like a, I don't know, kind of like a little kid. Um, and basically, yeah, he, he wrote a book and he's basically throwing everyone under the bus, not just Michael Jordan. I mean, there's Phil Jackson, it's John Paxton. Um, I think like even uh, his teammates after the Bulls, like Charles Barkley, uh, Horace Grant, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, um, I think uh, Isaiah Thomas. Like it, I, I've seen quotes where he kind of goes after everybody, like his old like high school coach, college coach. Jesus, dude. Uh, I think he's just extremely bitter, and you know, with the shit going on when in his life uh, the last year or so, I think his son died, and oh, that's his, awful. His wife, ex-wife, is kind of. You know, taking a tour of the the NBA currently. Um, oh, oh. You know what I'm. You know what I'm saying. Uh, so yeah, he, he's he's kind of going through his shit, and you know, the last dance I'm guessing was just kind of the the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, and I mean, I I don't think he was portrayed terribly. I mean, it did highlight a few of his uh, shortcomings, like kind of key moments in his life in his career that. He probably wanted to forget about and, you know, having it kind of shown on one of the most uh, watched documentaries, like of all time, probably, uh, probably didn't sit well with him. And so I think this is like his revenge tour. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I guess to get into some of the things he's saying, uh, I think people are really keying in on the stuff he's saying about Michael Jordan. Uh, 
it's not i mean honestly it's not stuff that comes as as a surprise it's just like yeah he was selfish um you know he's he 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 what they weren't really good friends they weren't close uh i mean that stuff is not surprising um the stuff that's i think make making people kind of like kind of raise their eyebrows is really like it's just stuff that's just off the wall it, it makes no sense like scotty pippen saying like um Michael Jordan wouldn't have become a superstar without him, uh, which is just patently false because Michael Jordan was already a superstar uh, before Pippen was even drafted. You know, he came into the league as a rookie averaging damn near 30 points. I think he averaged like 28 points his rookie year, which Beach. is nuts. Uh, and, you know, he was only in the league for three years until Pippen came. Like Pippen came in 87 he was drafted in 87 jordan was drafted in 84 so jordan yeah. really only had three years before pippen and it's funny how like those three years are like held against him so much by mostly lebron fans um you know saying oh you couldn't win without pippen bro he, it was literally th- his first three years his rookie year okay so his rookie year his, rook, his, his rookie year, okay, his rookie year, his sophomore year, he got injured. He, he broke his foot, and he was out, like, like most of the season. He came back for the playoffs, and he came back. Like you saw it in the last dance. He came back and basically kind of willed his team into the playoffs because they were trying to tank. They were trying to get, you know, some draft picks, but Jordan was like, fuck that. We play to win. You play to win the game. And so he, he kind of, like, balled out and – they got like the low seed and went up against the Celtics and got bodied. But I mean, that was, that was the sophomore year. And then the, the third year, um, you know, like not again, not like great regular season record. Uh, and then they had to play the Celtics again. And I think that was basically the, uh, that was the 86 Celtics. I think that was the team with, um, with Bill Walton. I think that's, regarded as one of the greatest teams like of all time uh, the 86 celtics so yeah so that was it and then pippen came in 87 and after that like pippen came in his rookie year he averaged like eight points like his first three years with jordan pippen averaged like 14 points or something um and like to me pippen is a good player he's if if i was gonna like uh, kind of compare compare him to someone in the modern NBA. I'd say he's like maybe like play style. I'd say he's kind of like a Ben Simmons, a Ben hmm. Simmons with less, uh, a little bit less talent. Like Ben Simmons has, he's a better rebounder. He's a better passer. A little bit less of that, and a, a little bit more offensive ability. I would say that's Pippen. Um, as far as like. If we're looking at like uh, like a player and the kind of ranking like that Pippen is that Pippen was compared to a player uh, ranked today, I'd say he's probably around maybe at most like a Paul George type level. Uh, so maybe top ten, like kind of like top ten nine-ish player in the league, uh, and probably in his prime, maybe close to a top five and that and his, and his prime is really just like one year and that was like 94 
um, yep. when he was an MVP candidate. Uh, he was third behind Hakeem and I believe David Robinson. Um, so Pippen was never like the best player in the league. First of all, I think, you know, young people kind of get that mixed up. Pippen was never, he did not have the talent to be the best player in the league. And second of all, he came in pretty raw. Like he wasn't, he didn't come in as a bona fide talent. It took like many years for him to become the player that he, he grew to be. Uh, that led to uh, two three-peats. <clears throat> well, at least the first three-peats, he, he was a very high-level contributor to the first three-peats. And, you know, he, like Jordan kind of helped him grow into that kind of player. Same way I would say, like, for example, let's say like Kobe did with Pau Gasol or something. Like, yeah, Pippen, that's a good comparison, actually. Pippen, like, it's the same with like Paul George or some other players. You kind of get the feeling they're, like they want to win, but like they're also about that NBA life and just kind of like getting the girls and enjoying being a multimillionaire. And the drive isn't like all the way there. Uh, you know, Jordan, Kobe, like those guys are like meticulous with their craft and they're just like super driven, super motivated. They just want to play basketball and win. Um, whereas like, yeah, Pittman. I don't know. He's he was just kind of like, kind of there, and it doesn't like I've listened to some pundits like um, who've been in and around like the Bulls locker room, and you know they've they've known Pippen, and they've said he's not like a like a leader kind of player. Like you saw in the documentary what happened when he didn't get his way uh, yep. in yeah. 1994 against he the Knicks. Sat that, he sat but out that play, dude. That he was... sat out when. Oh. The play, the the play wasn't drawn for him to to shoot the last shot. Like, who does that? Like, what leader does that? Um, and that was his that was his year. He was third in MVP voting. You know, led the team to a pretty good record, like without Jordan. And that was it. And then after that, like, the Bulls weren't very good. They were kind of middle of the pack uh, until Jordan yeah. came back. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, those were the Bulls years. And after Jordan retired, Pippen went on to Portland. And, oh, no, first he went to Houston. Yeah, and he okay. joined yeah. Charles Barkley. That, and- was, that was the most epic failure of a super team of all time. And it's not because, like, Hakeem Olajuwon was still, you know, an MVP caliber type player. You know, he was still good. It's just. You also had Barkley, former MVP, and Scottie Pippen, who just couldn't get along. It was just too much of a clash of egos with those two. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not leadership material to be, like, butting heads with your coworkers. Exactly. Like, like even he, even Pippen, he, he said this. I, I have to pull up the quote. I'm just going to kind of, like, rattle it off, like, based on memory. But he was saying in, in his book, like, yeah, that the Houston team, the, the – the quote-unquote super team, the failed attempt at a super team didn't work because he said, oh, well, Hakeem kind of basically fell off. He didn't realize Hakeem would fall off that much. And then Barkley just, you know, his heart wasn't in it. It was something like that. Like, I'm like, what? Like, I Barkley outperformed you in the in the playoffs. <laughs> Barkley had, like, 26 points, like, 14 rebounds. You had, like, 18 points or something. Like, 
I think Pippen's always just looking for someone to blame. And then, okay, so after the the failures with Houston, I I, I forget who knocked him out. It, it might have been the Lakers. It was either the Lakers or the Spurs, I think. But after that, he went to Portland. And, yeah, I think it was the Lakers. Yeah, because I, I think I remember looking up, and he went up against Kobe like three times in, in the playoffs, like following the Jordan years. Uh, yeah, you're right, because, I mean, it, it was mostly with Portland. Got to say, um, in the 2000s, 2000 if that series was not officiated by complete aspects portland might have come away with that one are you talking about game seven yes game seven um i don't know man i I feel like the portland trailblazers just went cold like they couldn't hit anything that's true but i mean they that's you can't deny that series was very very poorly officiated uh, I'd say like there is definitely some slight favoritism towards LA because Kobe you, you, was like the kind of the new golden child of the NBA. Yeah, dude, she um, got ejected for staring at the ref, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, I would say if the if Portland did win, it wouldn't have been because of Pippen. Uh, Absolutely, that it would have been because of Sheed, Sheed, who was the best LA. player on the team at the time. Sheed, bro. Um, and yeah, yo, Kobe just lit him up man like that the the uh the kind of like snapshot play of that series was when um kobe uh crossed up pippen and it was in like the final minutes of the fourth quarter uh to top off a, a comeback he crossed up pippen and he threw a lob to Shaq. and i remember watching that live it was like insane like i mean it was it was it was really great and i was like yeah this is super hype and like to kind of see that moment like being replayed like over the last two decades is just mm, man it, that's what made Kobe that's what made me a Kobe fan like like that series I was just like man like Kobe is he's like Jordan reincarnate I mean Jordan's not dead but he had like everything Jordan had um, but yeah so back to Pippen I mean. Yeah, I mean, after 2000, he, 2001, they, they did even worse. They didn't even make it to the Western Conference Finals. They got knocked out by the Lakers in the first round, I think. I think it was a sweep. Um, yeah, the, the Blazers, um, you know, even after Pippen left, the, t- the team was, it was still good. It just couldn't hang with a competitive Eastern Conference where you had the powerhouse Lakers, of course, but then you also had like rising teams like the Sacramento Kings, the Dallas Mavericks, the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, like the Blazers just weren't better than those four teams, you know? Yeah, dude, the West was... Like I the, mean, for sure the Blazers were better than any team out East during that time. Mm-hmm. They but probably were. not better than those four teams in the West. Yeah, after... After Jordan retired and the Pacers fell off, the East was there was really nobody out there. Um, yeah, that became the Eastern Conference. I mean, I was a, I really liked the Knicks in '99. I was after Jordan fell off. I or after he retired, I, I transferred my fandom to the Knicks, and I was really hoping they do something. Uh, I mean, they made it to the finals. I like that whole squad with Sprewell, Allen Houston, Charlie Ward. 
Spreewell became a Timberwolf later on, and I liked Spreewell too. I even yeah. didn't care that he choked his coach at Golden State. I liked him, even though he turned out to be a kind of a scumbag. But yeah. I liked him too. I liked his game. Um, yeah, I don't yep. know the Knicks team that kind of went nowhere. So unfortunate. Yeah, that was unfortunate. I, my favorite Nick of all time was Patrick Ewing, though. Oh yeah, I mean that was a. He's, he's like the face of the 90s Knicks right there. He, he was just a straight-up big man baller, man. Mm-hmm. Get the ball, back him down, post move, spin, shoot, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, liked pa- I liked Patrick Ewing. Dude, I, I really miss, like, post, post play. Like, as a kid, I didn't like it because I, I kind of like, like jump shooting better. But now, with so much jump shooting and chucking up threes, I – I miss the days where like bigs would just kind of bang down low and you know just dunk on each other. Um, oh yeah, wait wait till we get to the top five players of the week. I got some picks for you, but so basically Pippin with this book, total sus, and it just seems like a way for him to kind of uh, take shots at people he didn't like back in the day. The one thing that I think it bothers me the most about it is. I'm actually reading your comment in the Discord that says that Pippin in his book admitted that he never gave his condolences to Michael Jordan after his dad got murdered. Right. Yeah. So he admit, he admits that, that in the book, and that doesn't sit right with me, man. It's it's almost kind of like uh, I, I I I it feels like he he did it on purpose. That feels like, like he's trying to make himself the villain of his own book. What a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> am I allowed to say fucking? Yeah, 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 you're good. I I, I, uh, okay. I tagged this as this podcast as explicit. Um, yeah, so that's right. Yeah, sorry. I, I Thanks for bringing this up because uh, when I first started talking about this, I, I mentioned how Jordan and him are probably never going to speak again. So if Jordan is following this, he, he could just be tuning all this out. Like, I don't know, maybe he's got better things to do. But if he's tuning into this at all, or if he, he has read the book, <laughs> I mean, uh, that is just like a blaring admission that Pippin purposely, out of just spite or jealousy, spite. just yep. just never gave his condolences to Michael Jordan. And he even said, this was definitely something he said. He said um, in the book, no, in an interview, he said, it was a book or interview. He was saying like, oh, you know what's selfish? Michael Jordan is selfish for uh, leaving the team, for retiring early in 1993, three for or baseball, four. For yeah, yeah. That he wanted to fulfill for his dad. That's not selfish. And he, no was one, saying, he was saying no it's... No one else on the Bulls team or, or organization thought that that was selfish. They were just like, hey, man, you got to do what you got to do. You yeah. know? Yeah, he, he was saying it was selfish because he retired, like, I think, too, like, pretty late in the offseason, so they couldn't sign free agents? Like, what? Like, he was saying, yeah, that's 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 selfish. This is coming from a guy, Scotty Pippen, who... Who wanted the team for himself anyway to prove that he was the superstar that he wants to think he is. There's that, and if we're talking about selfish, the guy, he, he purposely uh, didn't get surgery in the 98... No, no, 97 off season. This was so, in the last dance. He was just like, well, whatever. I'll get surgery mid-season to fuck my team. So this is this is basically what Shaq did. I remember Shaq did this, and it's it's definitely like a 
kind of employee, you know, employee mindset. <laughs> like it's like, you know what, the company is just trying to milk me for money, which is true. And so I'm going to milk them. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that that's still selfish. And he kind of, and you know, Pippin was underpaid. And so that added to all of his bitterness and he was kind of like taking that out on, on everybody. Um, I do think Pippin was underpaid for his performance uh, as the bull. Yeah, dude, contracts were, I mean, that's why nowadays people sign kind of shorter contracts because the contracts back then were kind of nuts. They were like, I remember like Magic Johnson signed like a, what was it? It was like a, a lifetime $25 million contract. It, it was, it was something like not very good. Uh, and I think the same thing happened to Jordan. So as far as like making money, like salary from the NBA, I'd, I'd say like, yeah, the superstars, they're always going to get their money from like other endorsements, but uh the players, like the non-superstars, they do have to time their uh, salary negotiations and contracts uh, pretty wisely. And Pippen just didn't. So, you know, Martin Luther King said, by the way, everything you just said about contracts is profound because it's like, like back, like, I remember this one time Shaq was like, like Shaq, Shaq's a piece of shit. A lot, all, a lot of the time anyway. But he likes to talk shit on players that aren't as good as him getting big contracts. And it's like, dude, thing, things are different now. I mean, inflation, money's worth a lot less than it used to be is for one thing. And second, yeah, you're right. People sign shorter contracts for more money or maybe they sign max contracts for more money. Well, it's, it is, it's because of all the new TV deals. Like, that's yeah. where all the... um with the collective bar- bargaining agreement shit comes into play like the the players like together with the players union they they know about like these deals that come in and you know they get a chance to kind of like voice their opinion on how it should affect their contracts and stuff and uh so yeah like there's just more money now like you know it's a global game it's super popular like overseas so i there's i think yeah, I, I think once you have a few million dollars, your needs are pretty much, if you're not stupid with your money, then your needs are pretty much going to be met for life. Well, I mean, that's Pippin right there. He, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if it was his fault, but he, this is even more kind of sour grapes for him, but he had a financial advisor who screwed think, him. I know about that. Yeah, who screwed him. And so, and uh, you know, something similar happened to Dennis Rodman. It's like, dude, what's up with the Bulls having shitty money management? Well, the thing is, you can you can hire an advisor, but like if you're just kind of handing some guy the the keys to the kingdom and just trusting them, like that's you're just setting yourself up to get screwed over. I can so, relate. I can relate to that. So Not I think dollars, but yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably what happened to, to those guys. Yeah, well, you, you know, Martin Luther King, this is about like him never giving his condolences. Martin Luther King said that in the end, you don't remember the words of your enemies, but you remember the silence of your friends. Ooh. And it's like, man, I got to tell you, if like any tragedy that I endured back in my 20-somethings, 
that like a so-called friend like wasn't around for it's like bro i remember that shit it's like if you knew about it and you were like actively like a part of my life and you like were never around when that went down bro like don't talk to me ever again that's yeah. how i feel about that yeah yeah and you know um like jordan he's like as you know he takes it personally he takes <laughs> yeah you know, i took that person he finds every chance to take some stuff personally so uh yeah well, jordan jordan's my inspiration for taking things personally and then like you know doing something about it where like you kick their ass and show them up in a game or something i don't know mm-hmm. no yeah dude I, i'm totally about that like i mean it's 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 the same thing with kobe like you yeah you know i think we i think we're pretty competitive like you know we play smash and stuff and sure and i think like we need some kind of incentive like to all I need is like a top level player to say I'm trash and I'm going to take that personally. And mm. I'm going to try to beat him. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it, it definitely <laughs> is a, a driving motivator to kind of prove him wrong. Um, Hell yeah, I, brother. I don't know about this, like with Jordan and Pippen. Like, I, I don't think there's anything Jordan needs to prove to Pippen. It's more like, well, it's, you know what? It's interesting because it's kind of like they were never friends, they were never close. So, I don't know if it's if Jordan even if this is this even phases Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Like Jordan was close with Barkley, they they were friends, and then Barkley said, like back in like the 2000s, he said Jordan is not a good owner. Like when he, or yeah, when he he drafted like Kwame Brown and stuff, and you know, his <laughs> his decisions as as an owner were just not great for the team. So Barkley, who was a TV pundit. At the time, he he came out and he said, Jordan, uh, you know, he needs to be a better, uh, he needs to be better at basketball operations. And Jordan didn't like that and basically cut him off. Uh, I think it's because they were friends. I don't know about Pippen. I don't know if they were ever friends. So it could be Jordan's just like, huh, all right, well, that guy. Shoot. I, I think something like in the documentary, I don't, I don't, I can't remember the, the past tense verb he said, like if he is or was his best friend. But after this book come, came out, I don't think Jordan's going to want to be his friend anymore after that. Nah, yeah, it's. Or, it's no, no, I, th- I think he said he was his best teammate, actually, not his best friend. That's the thing. So, best all right, yeah, I'll, I'll just end on this and then we can move on to the next topic. But Jordan said, or no, what Pippen is complaining about. Like, he shouldn't be complaining. He shouldn't be, you know, trying to throw Jordan under, under the bus. Jordan has consistently given Pippen praise. He said Pippen is his best teammate. If you speak Michael Jordan, you speak Scottie Pippen. I wouldn't have won those six rings without him. So, like, things that Scottie Pippen has said, like, you know, Michael Jordan would never have won without me. Jordan, he admits it. So, I don't understand why why yeah like what's what's the what's the what's the big deal here he already knows he wouldn't have won without you so you know yeah it's what it is yeah it is what it is congratulations we get it you're the you're the robin to bat to jordan's batman you're uh yeah i get it i think i think maybe he just wants to be batman so badly that in his mind 
mm-hmm. is willing to slant to down like LeBron fans downplaying Jordan's legacy. He wants to downplay Jordan's legacy to prop himself up. Is that what I, you're... I, I think he's been hearing all the LeBron fans and it, he's like buying into the hype. Like cause LeBron fans hype up Pippen to bring down Jordan. And then I think Pippen just, he's been like buying into that hype. He's like, yeah, yeah, I did carry Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, without knowing that the LeBron fans are only, you know, gassing him up to bring down Jordan. Because, well, what what championship, uh, what MVP won a championship without some help? Like every every champion has had like good players. Um, so it's it's the same with Jordan. It's not like Jordan won by himself. He had good teammates. He had Scottie Pippen. It's the same with LeBron. LeBron's had help. Everyone's had help. Yep. Kobe had Shaq. Kobe had Powell. Um, Giannis had uh, Drew Holiday. He had Chris Middleton, Giannis, Drew Holiday. So Giannis, Giannis didn't have like a single like superstar teammate, but he had a lot of like good teammates, like Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez put in work, Bobby Portis, and then you had good bench players like Bobby Portis, uh, Connaughton, mm-hmm. his brother, his brother, uh, PJ Tucker. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, they had a, they had a nice squad. And what I don't like about LeBron fans, just you know, I know I don't want to talk too much about this, but like, what I don't like about LeBron fans is that, like, just because a team plays well does not mean they're a super team. Like, it. Like, I'm sorry that LeBron's teammates did not perform, or, in my opinion, the system is not conducive to them performing well. Because it's so like singular, it's so linear. That's it's like, I can LeBron, do, yeah. It's that's, like LeBron is so right. ball dominant. Like the plays all start with him, and you know you're sitting there waiting for him to pass you the ball. So, like people cannot like exert their fullest abilities being kind of stuck in in that rigid system. So, blame the system. They're obviously not going to blame LeBron. But that's 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 it. That is what it is. Because guys who played LeBron with LeBron, like Jay Crowder, Jordan Clarkson, um, what else? Like, like a bunch of other teammates. Like they've gone on to perform well. Like after they've left LeBron, uh, Jeff Green, Jeff Green on the Nets, uh-huh. he was on the Nets. So blame the system, blame LeBron. You know, don't try to minimize other championships other championship teams by calling them super teams and saying they had like all this help and that's why they won. Well, they just played well, they played better and then they won because that's what you'd have to do to win. You, you have to play well. So. Yeah. It's like it, the players matter for sure, but also, you know, your coach matters, your team culture matters and your team's owner and GM's basketball operation talents matters. Like, you know, for example, the Phoenix Suns, their owner, Robert Sarver, totally sucks and has sucked since he pretty much got there. Like, the dude has a bad reputation for just being completely tight-fisted, not wanting to spend his own money on player salaries, the team. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's why Amari, Amari Stoudemire eventually left is because Robert Sarver did not want to pay him what he was worth. Mm-hmm. So already Robert Sarver was the most hated NBA owner 
okay, other than Do- Donald Sterling prior to a couple weeks ago, like people did not like this dude because of how selfish and tight-fisted he was. Mm-hmm. But up until a few, when did, I can't, um, I'm sorry. Let's, let's backtrack. About two weeks ago, on the Sun's social media page, they posted all these, uh, all these posts, and they pretty much had the same energy, where they were like, "Wait until all the facts come out. Jump! Don't rush to conclusions." Robert Sarver is not a terrible person. We're pretty much all these like what all these posts said. You could swipe on them and read them all, and like you, you go to the comments section. And, like, no one knows what they're talking about. Like, no one knows what those were posted for. Like, I I looked at it, and I'm like, what's going on? So then I had to Google it, and I still didn't know what was going on. And I'm just like, you know, I think if you're scrambling for damage control, then already you look suspect. And then, sure enough, the last week, like, 70 70 former and current Suns employees came out came out with allegations against Robert Sarver being a racist and sexist jerk off making all kinds of all manner of just inappropriate comments like, yo yo can you imagine that like you're just sitting at your desk and then like a uh, what do you call it um like a like a a survey or some shit like comes around and it's like hey you want to hop in on this where like um so and so like you know he's being accused of all this shit you just gotta like sign your name and you know add your details here like imagine that happening at your company um i would think hmm have i ever had a negative or inappropriate interaction with my boss if the answer is no i'd go "Eh, slight left if the answer is yes, I'd be like, oh, fuck yeah, let me get in on this. Let me type that LaMarcus Aldrich was a player that the Suns were trying to recruit in 2015. And to sway him to join Phoenix, we were going to have, the, the owner wanted to have strippers get impregnated by him so he could have kids in Phoenix. That is, that's a thing you sent me on Twitter. And I was looking it up before this cast because, yeah, that was an Bro, article on ESPN, too. Did that happen to Steve Nash? <laughs> I'm, um, I'm, looking up, I'm looking at an article from Steve Nash now. Because I remember he, he went to L.A. He joined the Lakers because he wanted to be close to his kids in Phoenix because uh, L.A. is close to Phoenix. I was like, damn, is that part of um, the ploy? And Steve Nash did get um, – I think he did get cuckolded by that his wife. So okay, I haven't. I I don't know what Steve Nash has said about the owner, but for a lot of people have said stuff about the owner, like Baron Davis in in a video. I think like some TMZ reporter was following him around like an airport or something, asking him to comment. And he was like, fuck that piece of shit. I don't want to talk about that motherfucker. You want to hear what I have to say about him? Tune into the podcast. So we'll have to wait and see what Baron Davis says about him on whatever podcast he's on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but basically, yeah, 70 former and current employees are accusing him of just a toxic 
racist, sexist work environment. Um, the NBA is launching their own investigation, but here's the most, this is the suspect part I wanted to share with you. What do you do if you're innocent? You probably just go, all right, you know what? See you in court. What do you do if you're not innocent? Do you say, have your wife call and threaten people uh, who spoke out? Is that something you do if you're innocent? Probably not. Okay, well, guess what? We're going to listen to this audio track. You ready for it? Yep. That is some breaking news involving Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver. Can you hear it okay? Yeah, yeah. Here, perfectly. Perfect. It's been less than a week since ESPN published a bombshell report containing allegations that Suns owner Sarver is racist and sexist. Sarver has adamantly denied those allegations. By the way, this is like a news network uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. But now the sports network is reporting that Sarver's wife has reached out to some former Suns employees who spoke out. Team 12's Bianca Bono has the story. Intimidating and unsettling. According to ESPN, that's how three former Suns employees describe messages they received from Penny Sarver, Suns owner Robert Sarver's wife. The Instagram and text messages come in the days following ESPN's bombshell report about the longtime team owner, including interviews with current and former employees who raise allegations of racism and misogyny. ESPN reports one of the messages sent by Penny Sarver reads, if something happens to one of my children, I will hold you and Earl Watson personally responsible. Think about your own child for a second and imagine the tables turned. Watson is the former Suns head coach who spoke out about Sarver, alleging he heard him use the N-word. According to ESPN, other messages sent by Penny Sarver said, you are crushing my family's lives. Thanks for that. And you are such a liar. In your trying to destroy my husband with your lies, you have destroyed my family and children. ESPN reports Penny Sarver confirmed sending the messages, denying that she was trying to intimidate, telling the network, quote, I decided on my own to reach out to a few people to try to set the record straight and to share how disappointed and hurt I am by the lies that are circulating about my husband and the Suns organization. Following ESPN's report, the NBA launching its own investigation. 12 News has reached out to the Sarver family for comment, but so far requests have been denied. Okay, by the way, Earl Watson was a former, like, kind of uh, D-list NBA player. I remember but him. He, but he was a uh, assistant coach for the Suns. In fact, like a one-year coach for them in the 2016-17 season. So that's who Earl Watson was and who she was, who the report was referring to. When she's when apparently uh, Penny, the the wife of Robert Sarver called up and said, "Hey yo, don't fuck with me." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty sus. So that so, I mean, first of all, I want to have a woman like that where it's like if I'm if I'm in trouble, like she's calling and threatening people. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously. <laughs> Seriously, like either your wife is extremely loyal or just extremely brainwashed. Could be both. They go hand in hand. Yeah. So that's all I wanted to say. Oh wait, no. Um. Yeah, that's all I wanted to say about uh the Sarver situation. We'll have to wait and see what unfolds. I think your comments are the best. Where it's like, dude, see, Chris Paul was on the team with the Clippers, where their owner was exposed, and now he's on this team with the owner getting exposed. So. It's like, 
either it's yeah. a coincidence or he's just the point god dude he's the he, point he, he god. joins the organization and he just immediately gets to work he puts on his like gloves puts on his like detective hat starts like he, uh he, he, he's the one leaking these he, stories he, he the goes like fucking full-on harry potter he just like throws on his invisibility cloak and just like fucking like explores like the facilities like late at night looking for dirt <laughs> it's to the reporters talks to the employees he's, like, he's hanging out he's, he's like camping out like in the bushes like outside their house with like a recorder <laughs> yeah dude chris paul i love I, fucking love I love chris paul yeah i, I i've he's he's grown on me I, I used to not like him for his like dirty shit but you know he's <laughs> He's growing on me. Oh man, that's great. All right, that's that's all for Robert Sarver. That I mean, I'm sure we'll have more later, but that's all we got for now. Just the suspect wife calls. Yeah, like that got me, man. I'm like, hold up, that's not something you do when you're innocent. Yeah, well, I guess uh, we can move on to the kind of the biggest thing happening in the NBA. Oh, uh, this the last this couple of days. Never- this has everyone talking. You want to pull up uh, like a short clip of that, and uh, you know, the audience can kind of hear what happened. But uh, basically, to summarize, um, the Denver Nuggets played the Miami Heat. Uh, was it yesterday or two days ago? I think the Heat are on a road trip in the West. They just played the Lakers today. Uh, but there was an altercation. I don't know. I don't know if you would call it an altercation. It was just a, an incident, I guess. But um, Nikola Jokic and is it Marcus or Markeith? I think it's Markeith. Uh, Morris uh, kind of got into it. Uh, Nikola Jokic uh, rammed his uh, shoulder. I don't know. It was kind of like a like an elbow or like a tackle. And it sent Markeith Morris flying across the floor. He uh, it was like a it was like a push a shove. Like there, whip, there was some oh. there was some whip action. Um, he, and he was like pushing a shove with his elbow into his low back. Yeah, and like, yeah, so Markeith Morris was he pushed him down from yeah, behind. Markeith Morris was not totally innocent in all this. Uh, before that happened, Markeith Morris, I don't he, know. He did some kind of dirty hip check on you. Yeah, Yoko. yeah. So. I would be mad too, man. I, I think what happened was, uh, if you watch like the entire play, and we're we're gonna play it real quick, but um, I'm I'm ready for it if you I'm I'm ready for it if you're ready. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Let's just play it. All right, here. Wait, turn it up. Right. <laughs> oh no! Don't do that. On the bench. Yeah. So, right so I think I think what happened before, like at the beginning of the play, um, is this on the Nuggets' home floor? It was on the Nuggets' home floor. Yeah. Okay, that explains it. Because are you? Hold on. Let me rewind a little bit. Tell me if you hear MVP chants right now. <laughs> I think they are shouting MVP. Dude, that's that's, <laughs> that's do weird. it again, MVP. <laughs> what set Jokic off? Yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. So, all right. You know what happened before that? I think uh, was. Um, of course, you know that the Nuggets have history with the Morris brothers, particularly Marcus Morris. So, a couple of checks, and we'll see how the officials sort this one out. So, in the end, they both were ejected. Although Jokic is is suspended for a game. Yeah, and Morris is fined. I think fifty thousand dollars or something. But so Pretty I think much. what happened before that, um, Jokic, he I think he blocked Am, Bam out of bio. But I think Morris thought it was a foul, and so in retaliation he he went and elbowed. It was kind of so, like a like a charge with an elbow into Nikola Jokic's uh, ribs. Yeah, and he, he immediately turned around. Ribs. He got uh, him in the ribs and with a hip check. It's like, uh, bro, that hurts. So, and then he was like walking away, like, "Yep, I did my job." Wow, got and, him. Yeah, you can't like turn around like after you you hip check somebody. Uh, it's like, uh, I mean, if it's an accident, you go, "Hey, dude, are you okay?" But if it's on act, if it's on purpose, and you're walking away, bro, you're 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 just asking to get fucked. Mm-hmm. So my assessment of this of this interaction is it was a dirty foul, but it was also a dirty retaliation. Like, um, I'm not really a fan of like people getting like hits from the back. Like, okay, that. okay. If, if someone just like slaps you in the face and then they immediately turn around, what are you gonna do? Uh, slap them on the back of their head. Okay, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, they're turned around and now you you, you hit them. It depends on the severity of the foul, but I mean, think of the damage you could do to somebody if their back is turned, you know? And it's like, if you, like at Jokic, in this situation, if you watch the video, he hits him in, from behind, right? You know who comes running up from behind is Bam. Like, Bam could have easily, like, injured him. That's true. I did not. Like, if you do that, you are inviting other people to hit you in the back. So you gotta not do that, you know? And yeah, but I guess, Bam wasn't the one who got hit though. It'd be yeah, different if Bam was the one who got hit. I mean, Bam was coming over to help his teammate and didn't hit Jokic in the back. Instead, it was more like, let me watch this again, because he comes up from behind, but he doesn't hit Jokic. He kind of just it's more of a tap, I guess. Let me let me see what happens here. Yeah, he comes up and doesn't hit him in the back. Instead, he tries to, like, hold him back. You know what I'm saying? And break up the fight. Yeah. Of, that, that's smart. Because... It's like, yeah, if, if Bam was a piece of shit, you, he's got your, like, you know, he could have easily sucker punched you. Yeah, like, and that's be what happy was... uh, Ron Artest and uh, uh, what's his name? Steven Jackson weren't there. <laughs> uh, Jermaine O'Neal, like, because they might have been like, "Bro, this is it." Especially Stephen Jackson, he's just like, "Yo, we ride together, fam." Yeah. So, like, I think the funny thing about this is, um, I I think immediately after, Marcus Morris tweeted at. Uh, oh, this, 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 uh, this, this, uh, this is carrying over into Twitter. I wouldn't be surprised if SB Nation 
did a beef episode on these guys at a certain at some point. So yeah, like uh, Marcus Morris kind of tweeted out like, you know, oh, you hit him from behind. I see how it is, and you know, like I'll be waiting for you. Kind of, kind of like see what you know. I mean, dude. Like if you hit someone from behind, you are like you are inviting that kind of conflict and retaliation. So the funniest thing about all this is it's kind of blown up into this this brother brothers on brothers. Sure. <laughs> so so uh, after Marcus Morris tweets that out, uh, the Jokic brothers, I mean Jokic's brothers, who are older than him, I think, and yeah, pretty big dudes, like not as tall as him, but like still like you know approaching seven feet. Are you kidding and, me, dude? I'm looking at them right now. They're they're goliaths dude wait are they actually bigger than Jokic? Jokic uh i'm looking at i'm looking at his brother strahinia Jokic. his arms are like the size of Jokic's head dude okay like this dude is massive they're they're pretty huge yeah so yeah Jokic's brothers yeah Jokic, like his brother is very very muscly not at all the person you'd want to fuck with. And yeah, dude, he's just he's almost as big as Jokic. So these guys, they they created a Twitter account called Jokic Brothers and they <laughs> tweeted back at Morris and was just like, Oh, well I'll pull the tweet up actually. This shit's funny. Uh, oh dude, please pull it up. Put it in the uh the chat, doobly do thing. Yeah, yeah, hold up. Let me find uh-huh. it real quick. <laughs> I'm looking it up to Jokic Brothers versus Morris. Jokic Brothers. Ah, here it is. All right, I'll, 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 I'll put it in the chat here. But, yeah, he tweeted at uh, Marcus Morris. So Marcus Morris was the one who who tweeted something first. And then the Jokic Brothers made a Twitter account, and then he tweeted back at him, you should leave this the way it is instead of publicly threatening our brother. Your brother made a dirty play first. If you want to make a step further, be sure we will be waiting for you, Jokic brothers. <laughs> There's this comment. Comment from user from user at CubonexZ. Bro, one of them is seven foot three hundred pounds with a violent drinking problem, and the other is nearly seven foot two twenty pounds, professional Muay Thai fighter. They lived through the air raid of Yugoslavia in multiple wars. Nikola is the runt of the family. <laughs> he literally is. And okay, okay, so he so, said he's the runt of the family. <laughs> so, all right. So, so Marcus Morris responded to the Jokic brothers, and he says, "That's a trip, man. You got the right ones. Believe that." And then the Jokic brothers responded, "I don't believe. I know that. <laughs> this shit is just I'm- hilarious." Bro, I'm looking right at it. You should. So yeah, yeah. You you see the picture, the WW Raw tonight, Morris Twins versus Jokic Boys. <laughs> that shit's funny. I mean, I, like okay, you okay. said, dude, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't fuck with the the Jokic <laughs> brothers. They they seem, they seem scary. Uh, <laughs> yo, yo, you see the picture of the wait? You seen Naruto, right? With the Akatsuki, yeah. Akatsuki, Akatsuki or whatever. Yeah, you got the Jokic. Um, you dude, see that I'm picture? Scroll- dude, I'm scrolling through this feed right now. This is funny as fuck. Yo, you got you got the Katsuki brother or the Katsuki fucking yeah, uniforms I'm, I'm, on the Yogi. They're wearing Itachi in the the shark guys coats. That's that's funny as fuck, dude. Yeah, Kisame, whatever. 
they're gonna, yeah, Kisame. They're, they're, they're going to go to his games and be like, all right, we're here until <laughs> shit goes down. Then we're running out of the court to break some necks. Yo, dude, if they just show up in the, the Akatsuki fucking uniforms, uh, I would lose it. Yo. Okay. Jesus Christ, dude. Like, these are some big human beings. <laughs> Not at all the kind of people you want to fuck with. Oh man, I'm for the the conflict though. I, I and this this gift this gift says Morris twins when the Jokic brothers want to throw hands, and then it's a this dude saying, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I mean, you know how back then, like Dennis Rodman did like a w, yes. WWE yes, wrestling I, match with I, I watched a dude I Carl Malone. Dude, I was a tiny kid, and I watched that, like, when it was on TV. I, they they got to do, like, this – do the same thing with the Morris Twins and the Jokic boys. <laughs> or, like – like Have a, some, WWE? Yeah, that'd be funny. I mean, if they just want to, like, make – you know, if they're, if they're cool and whatever, yeah, I think that'd be kind of funny just for entertainment purposes. But if they're, like, serious, they should just do, like, a fucking UFC fight. You know, or like a boxing match. Wait a minute, we gotta we gotta watch. I think this is from the Friday movies. Here, check this out. It's a basically three of the characters have their heads photoshopped out as Miami Heat logos, and then it's one of the Jokic brothers as the one antagonizing them. I don't know. Let's listen to the audio. Well, you got my pony, homie. I don't have nothing. Yeah, you got something. Are you tripping, Devo? Shut up, I'm gonna knock your ass out. Man, I smashed I want you to be in back this chain. What chain? Yeah, what chain? <laughs> wait, this is, wait, this is in the comments? Yes. Yo, how deep did you scroll? Man, I got mind control over Debo. <laughs> he be like, shut the fuck up. I be... This is a funny meme that basically is illustrating the fact that the Miami Heat don't want no smoke with the Jokic brothers. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yo, send me that. Send me that clip. Yes. Okay, how do I copy it? Okay, how Yo, do this, I copy this is like kind of off topic. You've you, you, you seen the fat pic, the picture of fat Jokic when he was like a little kid? I, I'm sure I have. Oh, man. How do I fucking copy and paste this? Uh, they they took that picture and made it the NBA logo. Man, that shit was so funny. Hold on, wait. I, 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 oh, here's what I can do. I can just add your. I can just add you. I can just comment. Yeah, there we go. I, I tag you in a comment on it. All right, I'll check that out later. <laughs> All right, so. This is funny, and I can't wait to see how this unfolds. Uh, but like I said, I'm Jokic is a top five player for me top five favorite in the today's league but you know he um, has like like historically just, like the highest uh fuck what do you call it like uh some advanced statistic that um i think takes into account like everything but mm-hmm. he's like he has the highest right now in like nba history by like a wide margin uh highest what now let me look it up. Uh, Jokic, uh, advanced stat, highest. Uh, let's see. 
shit. I don't know how to look this up. It's like one of those advanced stats. Um, is it Vorp? No, it's not Vorp. I don't know. I forget. But I don't know. I saw some like graphic and it was like really nuts. It was like he's just way, way he's like ahead of Wilt. Like the next person is like Wilt or something. And that like Wilt is just like way, 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 way down. Um, Dang. I want to know what the stat is. I'll look it up. I'll send it to you. Okay. But, uh, all right, yeah. So, I mean, that's what's happening. Uh, Jokic is suspended. Morris is fined. I think they're both fined, probably. Um, and yeah, dirty, I guess we're going to look foul, forward to dirty, the rematch. <laughs> dirty foul, dirty retaliation. But, nonetheless, can't wait to see the feedback. But, seriously, I'm just not a hit fan of people, like, hitting other people in the back. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, you, you, you did, like... You can do Mixed some martial dance. arts and stuff, so. Yeah, well, that, it's like, okay, when in the year 2000, and it was the 2003-2004 NHL season, and this shitbag-ass player named Todd Bertuzzi from the Vancouver Canucks, Hose got mad, and he just came up behind a Colorado Avalanche player, punched him in the back of the head, like, you could look up the video if you want, I don't want to see it ever again. But he punches him in the back of the head and then drives him face first down into the ice and he paralyzed him and just ended his career. Holy shit. Yeah, seriously, look that up. And Todd Bertuzzi was banned for life from NHL for that. But that's kind of why I'm not a fan of hits from the back because, A, it's kind of cowardly and, and, two, you can also really hurt someone. It's like, Holy man, shit. You, you, you got, if you want to kick someone's ass, like, you know, do it, but you know, not like that. Not unless you, you gotta, you gotta re- have really done some disrespectful shit to like have someone like attack you from behind. Bertuzzi? Is that what? Todd Bertuzzi. Uh, type in Todd Bertuzzi Vancouver Canucks. All right. Okay. I don't know how to spell Bertuzzi. The full incident. Uh, here we go. Damn. All right. I'll, I'll watch that later. But, um, okay. So, this yeah. is not the stat I was looking for, but uh, Jokic leads the Nuggets in every single stat right now. Points, assists, rebounds, steals, blocks, three-point three point percentage, field goals made, field goal percentage, free throws made, free throw percentage, and is the only player in history to lead his team in every single category. And his current PER, is, this, is, this was what it was, it was PER is 34.7. So if you look up the highest PER in NBA history, let's see. Um, oh, what? Is this like current players? This has to be current players. All right, yeah. So right now, like, if we're talking about current players, and right now Nick uh, Jokic has the highest at 35. Jimmy Butler has the second at 30, and then Giannis is third, and then Durant is after. Um, we're talking about history. Okay, here's here's what it was. Here, I'll send it to you. Uh, but basically, Jokic has the highest PER right now. Oh my in, goodness! In NBA history, at 35. 
Second is Giannis. And this is the his MVP season that was like historic. And part of the reason why he won the MVP is because he mm. he had a really high PER and okay, I mean, besides so this, being a great player. This is impressive, but we gotta wait till the end of the season to see how this holds up. True, true, but it's impressive hey. for sure. Like like I said, Nikola Djokic is one of my top five favorites in the league right now. Yeah, he in just modern, does everything. In the modern NBA. Like, he's a he's a point center. I like that. Just think he needs to get his temper under control sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All it's right. like, man, if he loses his temper, someone always has to get hit. And someone always gets hurt. Like, you know. Calm your ass the fuck down. I did see a video where people pointed out he has like this habit, this nasty habit of like when he doesn't get foul calls, he he'll yes. like immediately foul somebody yes. else. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you gotta calm your ass the fuck down. Cause he almost broke camera known camera camera. He almost broke Cameron Payne's nose in the playoffs because of that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, that's true. The the swipe. Yeah, I, I, that's the one thing I don't like about Jokic. I hope he kind of learns to not keep doing that because he does it. And, you know, he'll apologize afterwards and be like, oh, I feel bad. I'm sorry. I apologize to him, which is all, which is good. But, you know, you can't keep doing that and keep apologizing like that makes it okay. Yeah. He's got to get his temper in check. That's for sure. Good. For sure. But, you know, who doesn't need to get their temper in check? The top five players of the week. Now, mine are definitely gonna sound like I lay, like I'm lazy, but I really, I really gotta give these top these players the top five, and it's they're all from the Phoenix Suns. Number five, Chris Paul. Chris Paul, since the last time we did this, didn't have twenty thousand assists. Ten thousand, like what was it? Twenty thousand points, ten thousand assists. And he's surpassed Steve Nash. Um, so he's like third on the all-time assist list behind Jason Kidd and John Stockton. So number five, Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Number four, Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges is like actually blossoming into like a real bona fide all-star. Candidate. Wait, are you being serious right now? You're, you're, wait, these are oh, the top probably... five players in the NBA. No, no, no. Just top five of the last two weeks. Like they don't have to be top five in the NBA. Just, you know, the top five players who had good uh last couple weeks you know what i'm saying oh you want to do it like that all right well, i thought we we're doing like a, a cumulative uh, at least that's how i'm doing it this week because i just really want all right, to talk right. About- we, we can do on and off all right so yeah all right this week will be the top of the last uh, two weeks I, I, yeah yeah we'll do it on and off but because that way it's like cumulative every month mvp stuff you know right 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 this yeah month, every month will be good yeah chris paul mikhail bridges like man he the dude's been putting up really good points contributing like man did you see that alley-oop that Devin Booker threw to him from half court mm-hmm. yeah dude that was crazy all the Bro, yeah like yeah he's, he's been putting in work this season so okay so you say Chris Paul Mikhail Bridges Mikhail Bridges I'm actually looking this up right now hold on uh, yeah, this season he's averaging uh, about 15 points compared to his uh, career, uh, 10 points for his entire career. So, you know, more points, contributing more. Good for him. All right, so Mikhail Bridges at number four. Number three, Book. Okay. 
gotta give it to book man like when he when he shows up to play man he'd be putting up the, the high numbers and points right. on his on his birthday he dang near had a triple double like he had 29 points nine rebounds seven assists mamba mentality man book has it okay <laughs> But you really going with all Suns players? All right, so it's so, okay. We got Chris Paul, we got Mikael Bridges. I, I totally am. Uh, number two, JaVe- and then yeah, number two, Javale McGee. Javale, yeah, Javale McGee. Javale McGee. Stand. You're a true stand. The- true Sun stand. This week I am a true Sun stand. Like Javale, like here's the thing: DeAndre Ayton has been injured, and Javale McGee is pretty much taking up the starting role for the Suns' uh, starting center. You know. And the dude puts in work. The dude puts in work. It's like not like the most amazing work you've ever seen, but you know he he be contributing with the points, the re and the rebounds, you know. Oh, and the blocks. Yeah, the dude's getting a lot of blocks. Okay. Blocks look good on paper, you know. And then my number one spot, and I'm really happy to say this name actually, Frank Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky got like zero playing time against the Bucks last year in the in the finals. And I was really kind of mad at Monty about that because he would go small ball against a much bigger and stronger Bucks team. It's like, bro, you need to like put a big man in sometimes. Like Aiden would be on the bench and the tallest person for the Suns would be like, you know, Jay Crowder, who's only like 6'6", you know? Mm-hmm. But now okay. Frank Kaminsky is like, you know, getting more play time. And today, today he had 31 points against the Blazers. Which I know you're probably thinking, whatever, it's the Blazers. They're they're a bottom. Wait, Kaminsky? Kaminsky had 30 points? Yes. And the thing is, like, pretty much ever since he started playing more minutes in the absence of DeAndre Aiden, who's out with an injury, all his games have been double digit points. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know DeAndre Aiden was injured. What happened to him? Uh, he's got a leg injury. Well, either that or he's pulling a Hakeem Olajuwon and faking an injury so he can get more money. Is it is it serious? Uh, don't I don't know I don't know quite yet, but yeah, dude, he had uh he had um thirty one points against the Blazers, ten against the Kings, sixteen against the Hawks. Like, this is a third string center who's coming into the game, and really putting in work for his team. Number one spot for the week is Frank the Tank Kaminsky. Like, you know, outstanding performance by a third string center this week. I gotta give it to him. All, All right. Suns players, total Sun stand this week. Okay. Well, all right. I, I my list is uh has no Suns players. <laughs> but, Ooh, uh, yes. All right. So Ooh. number. Let's see. You know, let, let me uh let me work backwards this time. Let's see if I can work backwards. Number five. Uh. Number five, I'm going to say Giannis. Okay. Giannis, he's been playing well, but not, like, up to his standards. Usually he's, like, kind of, like, killing it out, out, out of the gates. I think – and his team hasn't been playing as well. This is, I think, their worst start in the last, uh, like, four years under Coach Budenhoser. Uh, like, today he only had, like, 15 points. Eh, well, yeah, he was plus 21. Uh, he didn't shoot too well, though. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, th- there's still a bit of a championship hangover. Um, and at some point, they're going to kind of kick things in gear. Uh, I'm glad that Grayson Allen's working out for, for them, though. Uh, really good shooter. 
three-point shooter. Uh, okay, so that's number five. Number four. Again, this is hard going backwards. Number four. Let's see. I would have to say um, Jokic, even though he's been suspended. I'm going to, I'm going to put Jokic uh, there. He'll, he'll play again next game. He was just yeah. suspended against the Pacers. He was only suspended like one game. So, But his performances have been really great. You know, just doing Jokic things, kind of like a continuation of last season. And maybe yeah, correct. better. Uh, not right. So that's my number four. Number three, let me think. So, okay, yeah. Number three, I'm going to say Steph Curry. Fair uh, enough. He's, he hasn't been as uh, accurate. He's not, it's actually like, uh, maybe let me, let me look this up actually, because his uh, three point shooting percentage is actually down and it's lower than. Um, some other players. Uh, yeah, I don't know where I can find this, but uh, well, in spite of him not having the highest three-point shooting percentage, I gotta say, it's still working out for the team. Yeah, dude. So, you know, yeah, if we have time, we can do we can do the top five teams too. Um, of but course, I, I want to talk about the Warriors because they're just whew, uh, there's they're something. But mm-hmm. okay, so that's my number three. Number two, I'm gonna say Carmelo Anthony. I can dig it. Like he's really been the best. I'm gonna give him. Ever. I'm gonna give him his flowers now. He's he's been the reason the Lakers have stayed afloat and are not like freaking like two and nine or whatever. Like they, he's he's been one of the best six men I've ever seen like he's scoring like like 27 points like 20 plus points on a nightly basis as a six man coming off the bench like six man of the year award he's he's shooting like over 60 percent from three at home games if you very good yeah like that's, yeah, that's nice. I, I like you know I, I I didn't expect Carmelo Anthony to be being doing this good especially like considering his age and all but yeah, good for him. I'm gonna give him his flowers. This uh, since we're doing the two weeks thing, so I'm gonna throw in Carmelo Anthony in there. Uh, yeah. An honorable mention. I'm gonna. I was gonna say John Morant. Um, but uh, yeah, my number one will be Kevin Durant. He's basically kind of carrying the nets right now, and he's just he's just really good. He's I don't know. He's he's Kevin Durant. He hasn't lost a step. He's a model of consistency. Uh, best pl- best player in the league. Best player Easily. in the league. So like, yeah. I'll n- never forget that without him, the the U.S. would have lost the the Olympic gold game. Yeah, they probably wouldn't even made it out of the pools or whatever. There there were pools like, yeah. He he definitely carried them. So and he's carrying the nets right now because Harden is. Yeah, he's not doing so great. Like he's yep. still like productive, like he's still getting triple doubles, but he's kind of he he has a lot of turnovers and he's just not the same kind of player. So, I, yeah, I feel that. All, all right. right, so well, let's uh, do top five those, teams. Those are all good picks, by the way. All right, number one pick for me, Suns. Suns, of course. 
Suns, we had a slow start. I mean, we lost to the Nuggets opening day, and then we lost to the bottom feeder teams, Kings and Trailblazers. But we beat them both in the recent rematches we had this week. So, you know, in our first 10 games, we're seven and three. We're off to, I mean, it's a good start. I think we're, uh, yeah, it's a pretty okay start. I mean, it's the same as the Heat, and the Heat are considered like doing really well. And yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty good. We're on a six game win streak, and hopefully, we can keep it moving. So, number one, Suns. Uh, number two, I, I would. I, it would be irresponsible of me to not mention how good the Warriors are doing right now with their six-game win streak and also having lost only one game so far this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, jazz, yeah, the Jazz, I haven't watched any Jazz games, to be honest with you, but, you know, they're putting in work, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. They're, and then they're for the good. last two – yeah, for the last two teams, i got to head out east and uh, give some props to – a team I should have given props to last week, the New York Knicks. Now I know they've uh, they've lost a couple of games this season, but they were doing really, really well at the start. Mm-hmm. They've lost. Uh, they lost today, um, but yeah, they they started off doing really well. So the, the Knicks have a lot of guts. Like they're a really and, gutsy team to to root for. It's kind of fun. Yeah, got to give them guts for that. And then my fifth choice uh, this week or for the last two weeks is actually going to be the 76ers just because of the adversity they've had to deal with in terms of, uh, you know, Ben Simmons bullshit. But Mm -hmm. you know what? They're overcoming it. They're surviving. They're not just surviving, but they are tied for the second seed with the Nets in the Eastern Conference. Eight wins, four losses. So, they're uh, they're hanging in there, dude. Like, I, yeah, the the seventy sixers. I I think, like, I, I saw some stat where they have like better like offensive and defensive ratings without Ben Simmons or something. Like, they're just playing really well with. Yeah, there's there's pretty much they're pretty much stepping up and leaving him in the dust. So I'm proud of them for that. All right, so Suns, Warriors, Jazz, Knicks, Sixers. All right. That's a respectable list. Thank you. I appreciate you got, that. You got one right, definitely. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to go. Let's see. Uh, you said yeah, I got one right. What the <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying at least one right. At least one right. All right. I, I'm going to go do the same thing. I'm going to start with number five. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to go with the Utah Jazz. I oh, think by, um, the, by the way, I didn't start with number five. I started with number one on that list. That's I know, I know. But you're I, starting. I'm not surprised. With, all right, so you're starting with the Utah the Jazz. Jazz. I like you. I haven't really watched them, but you know they they're starting off strong. They have a strong record, and uh, you know in the West, and I think they just haven't really missed a beat uh, since last year. And you know I was a little bit worried about the Suns, but. It seems like the Jazz and the Suns are back on top, like they were last year. Uh, yeah, you know, good, good so I wouldn't mind seeing them play in the playoffs. That would be really fun. Uh, uh, Mitchell versus Booker, like that—that that would be an epic duel. Suns uh, and six. Uh, that would be an interesting matchup. Like Gobert against Aiden. Aiden it's very even, I think. Angevale. Oof! Watch out. Okay. Uh, I mean, 
Yeah, the Suns got a good squad. I would thoroughly enjoy watching that series, no matter who wins. Right. Okay, so my number four pick, uh, I'm going to say it's kind of unfair because, you know, they – I think they have some injuries. I think Butler got injured today. But I'm going to say the Miami Heat. Um, they They were one of my top picks, like, maybe a day or two ago, but – Maybe last week they would have been one of my top picks. They were they were my top pick last week, I think. But uh, yeah, I've I've seen them play. I saw them play today, and uh, like I, I said this in the previous podcast, like they need a closer, and Butler got I think he got injured today, so they didn't have Butler, and he's their closer, and Kyle stuff. Lowry is not their closer. He, he was kind of ass cheeks. So, <laughs> I mean, they, they kind of rolled with uh, Tyler Hero in the end, kind of just like hoping he can play Hero Ball and save them. Um, but I think without a consistent closer, and Jimmy Butler, to me, is not – he's not like the same closer on the same level as like Durant or like a – Kawhi. Like a Kawhi or something. Like, so – yeah, that's the thing that's holding them back for me. I think when it gets like really tight and really tight games, and they need they need a bucket against a good defensive team, uh, they don't have a guy that can just go get his own shot get, like that and and kind of consistently score on the I same level you. as like some other other teams. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's why they're number number four. Number three, I'm gonna go with uh, the Brooklyn Nets. They not a bad choice at all. They have the best player in the world, and as long as the team is not just totally just mailing it in and you know playing like garbage, uh, Durant kind of just carries them over the finish line. It it just seems like that. It's like you know they they're playing, they're winning, maybe the other team's catching up, and then Durant's just like giving the ball, and I'll get us a bucket, and he he does it pretty much every time. So. Uh, KD, best player in the world. Nets, yes, number three. Number two, okay. This is uh, going to be a tough choice, but I guess I'll go with the Bulls. Fair enough. The Bulls. Bulls um, I think they were one of my picks last week, so, yeah. Still go with the Bulls. I can't, I, I'm not, I can't pick Washington because I haven't really seen them play. I know they're doing well. I guess we should mention them. Like, we... We both talked about how we both felt I, like Washington. I I picked the Wizards last week, though. You did pick the Wizards last week. That's true. Okay, yeah. yeah. So the Wizards are now the number one team in the East. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch that Indy Hoops video that he made on the Wizards later. I don't know if they're, like, tied. I guess you can just say they're tied. They're tied for the number one spot with Chicago. And, um, you know, they got – they got a lot of pieces. I think we, we talked about this before. They got a lot of pieces from the Lakers. They got Kyle Kuzma, Montrezl Harold, Contavious Caldwell Pope. So they're deep. They got uh, Spin, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Bradley Beal. Um, so just imagine the team from last year, which made it to the play-in at least. Yeah. You subtract Westbrook, who is, is kind of like a minus. <laughs> and then you add like a shitload of depth. And then Spencer Dinwiddie, who is one of the best players on the Nets, like prior to the the, the super team. 
so they're just incredibly deep. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna pick Chicago just because uh, I don't know. I just like their team better. <laughs> they got Alonzo and Demar Derozan, Vucevic, uh, Caruso, the Caruso. Uh, and then they, they they had like a lot of nice young players from you know before all those new guys came so yeah I think uh, yeah Chicago is going to be one of the best teams even like towards the end of the season um, and number one I think you know who it is it's the Golden State Warriors um, uh, what what <laughs> No. I thought you were gonna say I thought you were gonna say the Phoenix Suns. I'm sorry. Oh, I was sorry. about okay. to say no, thank I'm you. Not, I wasn't. Yeah, what were you thinking? Uh, I was thinking the Warriors. <laughs> they they are ten and one. They have yeah. they have lost one game and that was to Memphis, uh, who is a pretty good team. Yeah. And so I've been watching them. I've been watching a lot of Warriors games, and I I, I told you this through the DMs, but like. They remind me so much of the 2015, 2016 Warriors before they got KD. Where yeah, just... dude, you you were right on the money about Warriors, man. They're uh, making a comeback, and I'm glad to see it too. Because I know a lot of people were pretty much saying, "Oh, it's the end of the dynasty. The Warriors are going to collapse now." Yeah, and, you know, Clay Thompson's got to return eventually, and he's probably not going to suck because he's just a shooter, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so, dude, like the Warriors, they have the number one offense and defense in the league. Jesus uh, Christ. And, like, if you watch how they're moving the ball, and it, it's so reminiscent of 2016, where you have a guy like, um, I forget his name, like Navetka or something. It's, like, super random. They picked up this this player – uh, I mean, let me look up his name. Yeah, Nemen Nemenja Bajelica. He's a power forward, so he he's kind of like I think he filled like the Zaza Pachulia kind of position, but he's an amazing passer and he's got like pretty good handles and basketball IQ. Like usually when you see these these kind of like pick and roll plays, the big guy. He kind of just like, uh, you know, he gets the ball and then you know he he's, he's he's looking to pass it back to like Steph Curry or something. But I've seen I've seen plays where this guy, you know, in the pick and roll, he'll instead of rolling, he'll uh he'll just drive to the basket. Like Steph Curry is like kind of curving around, um, you know, for the pick and roll, and the guy will just put the ball on the floor and take it to the hole. And it just catches people by surprise because you know with the Warriors, everyone's looking for Steph. Everyone's just like, okay, okay, you know, Steph just like, it's just like it's like pinball. He just like gave it to somebody, but you know, it's gonna the ball's gonna wind back in Steph's hand, and and that's what happened last year, and that's why the Warriors weren't that good is because, like, it was Steph was kind of just the ball always ended up in Steph's hands, and the defense could always just key in, key in on Steph, but this this year, like, you don't really know who's gonna score. Like anyone can score, anyone can drive, anyone can shoot, and uh, like it's beautiful to watch. Like, there's games where Steph, and this season Steph isn't even playing that well. There, there's games where Steph is is not the highest scorer on the team. Like today, like Wiggins, 
uh, was the leading scorer, I believe. And then before that, I think like like Jordan Poole was, uh, maybe sometimes Damian Lee. Like it's so reminiscent of the 2016 teams where like you, you just had like a bunch of kind of like three and D guys who could also pass um, and like drive the lane and everyone could make their own decision. And uh, no, it's, 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 it's fun to watch. And I think, Oh, and I got to mention him too. Gary Payton, the second, he's <laughs> yes, Gary Payton's I, son. I yeah. He I, is I, a hell of a tenacious been, defender. Like if you watch him do, play, dude, he's like, he's been doing work, man. Like I watched a play where he just like honed in on a pass that was going to uh, a center. I forget who they're playing. And then he just left his man and just like, just like, you know, just seized the moment, just jumped on the, the ball, like, uh, and knocked the ball out of the guy's hand, just like ripped it out of his hands, out of the center's hand. And he's just like all over the place. He's got, he's got a good feel for like passing lanes and stuff. Um, so yeah, the Warriors are looking pretty fucking good. Uh, I want to see it. They've been playing like kind of middle of the pack teams. They haven't been playing anyone too crazy uh so i'm, I'm looking forward to like i don't know when the schedule is coming up but well i like, think i think yeah i think the warriors having former rookie of the year and former timberwolf andrew wiggins is really really turning out well for them wiggins this is his third year i think with the warriors so i think he's settled in to his role a lot better than uh, previous years and like Wiggins is a hell of a talent a hell of an athlete uh, and they they I, I can see him being kind of like a like a Harrison Barnes at least kind of type type of player like uh, you know he can get his own shot and he's a good defensive player so you know you add that to already like Steph and then Clay Draymond and dude, these guys are going to be tough to deal with. I, I see them getting out of the West right now. Uh, need, need to see a little bit more, more gameplay against tougher competition. But at the moment, they they look a little bit unbeatable. That's... They're kicking ass. Yeah, they're kicking ass. I've, I've watched them take over games in the third and fourth quarters. And it's just like, <laughs> GG's bro, Lamau. It starts yeah. off close, and then they just take over. Mm-hmm. Well... I can't, can't wait to see them uh, play against the Suns and get bodied. <sighs> uh, got him. All right. Yeah. All right, dude. On that note. That's pretty much a wrap, dude. That's a wrap for this podcast. So, uh, yeah. We nailed it. All right. We, we nailed it. Good. We'll uh, do it again in another two weeks. And uh, we'll I like see how this the league form- has changed. I like this format, though, where it's like, all right, let's just discuss a few different things that happened and spend a little time on them. There's definitely more and, structure than uh, before. We were just kind of like – We were just spitballing before. We just but, picked hey, one topic and just saw, see, see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was still fun, though. I like having the conversations. Yeah, for sure. All right. All right, well, I'm gonna all right man. This. I am going to go sleep now. All right. Peace out. Thank you.